seriously. Get a good grip on it. There you go. Other hand to support that. Knock the trigger, put your finger in the trigger guard and shoot it. Okay? Aim at the target. Don't think about it, just pull the trigger. Looking good, girlfriend. It's awesome, huh? Do it again. <laughs> Any Oakley here now? Yep. Gerald Mike Bollinger was a man of many faces. He was a pilot, an avid outdoorsman, a family man, even a stand-in father. He was also Prince Charming to more than one. Bollinger thought he had it all figured out, how to have his cake and eat it too. But when the two sides of his life come crashing together, unbeknownst to him, he takes on a new face. Now, the face of a murderer. I'm your host, Michael. And this is Strange and Unexplained. Bollinger was married to 56-year-old Cheryl Baker for seven years. She was a school teacher for deaf children. The two met on a plane. According to a friend of Cheryl's, they both attended the Church of the Latter-day Saints and lived together in Ogden, Utah. They purchased a home that Gerald said would be their retirement home in Caldwell, Idaho, five hours from his Ogden home. Both were just months from retirement, but Gerald moved into the Caldwell house before Cheryl. The plan was that she would stay at the Ogden home until her official retirement and also so the Ogden home could be sold. What she did not know is that Gerald had asked Nadia and her 14-year-old daughter Peyton to move in with him in Caldwell. It is evident that Gerald changes who he is to fit the mold of, quote, a perfect match for whoever his next victim is. Gerald met Nadia Medley in 2015 when she was working at a massage parlor. She had just lost her husband to a heart attack in 2014 and was struggling to make ends meet as a single parent. She told her friends there was an instant connection. And so an affair began that would last two years, both women being unaware of the other the whole time. Well, almost. Gerald was a pilot who flew for a private company, and so his job kept him away from home for extended periods of time giving him plenty of opportunities to pull off a double life. He made good money, and on the surface, seemed to keep everyone in his life happy. But what's that old saying? What they don't know won't kill them? Well, in this case, it did. Nadia had lived just 15 minutes from Bullinger in Ogden, but the two had never spent the night at each other's homes. Nadia thought she was just being respectful of Gerald's boundaries. 
He told her he had been married before, but it was 10 years ago. Gerald's first wife was a member of the Mormon church, and Gerald had been brought up Mormon. However, Nadia was an atheist and full-heartedly believed that Gerald was too. Although Cheryl at the time believed they shared the same religious views also. Nadia was also very open about her relationship with Gerald, posting photos and videos of their adventures frequently on her social media and on her Facebook page, which is still active today, by the way. They attended events like fairs and rodeos, they went camping often, and all of this was while his wife thought he was off at work. She even made several posts about the new home her and Gerald and Peyton were moving into. She posted videos and pictures of the property showing everyone their new home. Nadia thought this was where everything started getting better for her and Peyton. She thought she was starting the rest of her life in the best way possible with Bollinger. She did not know the mortgage on the house was co-signed by none other than Bollinger's wife. Cheryl. According to John Walsh and the investigative team of his ID, which is Investigation Discovery Show, obviously, if you live under a rock, uh, but John Walsh's show is called In Pursuit. And on that show, they show Gerald and Nadia actually had actually made an attempt to buy the home together, but could not secure the financing. And that's when Gerald presented the home as an idea to Cheryl. Together, they were approved for the house, which is odd. With Gerald being a pilot, I thought it was odd that he couldn't get uh, approved for this rather modest home in Idaho. Um, in my opinion, it's it was a home on five acres, which in a lot of big cities, yes, that's a that's a big estate, that's a big investment. But in this small town in Idaho, it seems a, a very modest place to live. But the Medleys had many animals. And that is one reason they were so excited to move to a home with much more space. They had several dogs, cats, rabbits, chickens, and horses. The horses stayed with a friend of Nadia's in Ogden until they could get the Caldwell house fenced in. They moved in at the beginning of May and were supposed to arrive back in Ogden on the weekend of June 9, 2017. But they never did. Nadia and Peyton's friends began to worry when they could not get a hold of either of them. After attempts for about 10 days, they called police and asked them to do a welfare check. When the officer arrived at the house on the morning of June 19, 2017, he immediately knew something was up. There was a foul odor in the air that could not be described but by only one experience, the smell of rotting flesh. He also noticed a large amount of flies coming from the hay shed out behind the house, and as he walked closer, he could tell it was also the source of the odor. He cracked open the door and saw signs of human remains. He called it in immediately, and within minutes, a team of investigators were surrounding the Caldwell property. When investigators went into the shed, that is when they discovered that there was not one body, but three. At hearing this, the Medley's friends thought that something bad had happened to Nadia, Peyton, and Mike. However, they discovered in a press conference that the three bodies that were found there were all female. And due to the level of decomp, it took some time to identify all the victims. And instantly, 
everyone was confused. Now, back in Ogden, Cheryl Baker's brother was beginning to worry about her when he had not heard from her in a few days. Everyone close to both Cheryl and Nadia swear they never knew of each other, that Cheryl would not have had an open marriage due to her religion, and Nadia was not interested in that kind of thing either. Cheryl Baker had made the five-hour drive from Ogden, Utah to Caldwell, Idaho to surprise her husband at their new home. Cheryl told no one she was leaving, only a neighbor she had asked to watch her dog, and that was the last anyone ever saw of her. When the bodies were finally identified as Nadia, Cheryl, and Peyton, Mike's true face was revealed. One of a man willing to kill innocent victims to keep his life from colliding and being in the hot seat. He had shot each woman in the head one time, execution style, and even shot some of Nadia's dogs and left them all in the hay shed to rot. He then went to breakfast the next morning at a small diner, a town over. He drove back to Ogden and picked up Cheryl's car, which was being serviced, and dropped off his truck. In an attempt to throw police off his trail, he is again spotted going into the Bridger-Teton National Forest, but he was never spotted leaving. His car was found on July 12, 2017, at the end of a desolate trailhead. Some believe Bullinger drove up there to take his own life. Some believe he was eaten by grizzly bears or other wildlife. And others believe he ditched the car and found a ride out of the park and is still at large today. Unfortunately, this case has a feeling of it will never be solved all over it. And mainly because of the local police um, in Idaho, they seem to be quite convinced that uh, Gerald somehow either uh, succumbed to the wildlife out there, maybe he was attacked by bears or eaten by wildlife, or maybe he killed himself and then his remains were eaten by wildlife. Um, Whatever it is, um, they have very little hope in recovering Mike and bringing him to justice. Here is an, a statement that the local sheriff made with local Channel 2 News in Idaho. Sheriff Donahue told me that while this remains an active investigation, he believes the prime suspect, Mike Bullinger, is dead, probably by suicide. On June 19, 2017, police found the bodies of 56-year-old Cheryl Baker, Bullinger's wife, 48-year-old Nadia Medley and her 14-year-old daughter Peyton in a shed at a home outside of Caldwell where they had been living with Bollinger. They had been shot to death. Bollinger, who was at large, quickly became the only suspect in the triple murder. Bollinger's car was traced to Wyoming's remote Bridger-Teton National Forest where Bollinger disappeared without a trace. I think the case has been solved, okay? I think the case has been 100% solved. That's why I say our our investigation over the period of, of weeks and months, without question in our minds, the physical and forensic evidence of this case and the elements of, of the crime that, we, that we've discovered, I'm convinced we have solved the crime. Donahue personally believes Bollinger took his own life somewhere in the forest or died from the elements or was killed by an animal, perhaps a bear. While Bollinger used to teach survival training, the sheriff doubts Bollinger 
could have survived the winter, but the case remains active and the murder warrants for Bullinger's arrest are still out there. Donahue says the final outcome may only be known through recovery of any remains which could be matched with the DNA evidence investigators have. Donahue says almost a year later, tips are tapering out. Investigators, though, are not releasing any information about what they found in Bullinger's car or autopsy results on the victims or even if the murder weapon was ever recovered. That, the sheriff says, is all a confidential part of the ongoing investigation. Live in the studio, Scott Logan, KBY 2 News. Okay, so I agree with all of that except for this case has been solved. How can the sheriff come out blatantly and say, in my opinion, this case has been solved? That's that's basically like saying, I'm not doing anything else. This is a waste of time. The man's dead. Well, maybe not, okay? Because first off, you didn't find him. You didn't find him at all. Who's to say he didn't pull his car up to the edge of the forest just to mislead you? And someone else came and picked him up and took him somewhere else because there has been some sightings. They, um, for whatever reason, the police don't think they hold a lot of weight here. And and with most missing persons, you have a lot of false sightings. I know that is, that is a normal thing that happens. But in this case, I, I really do think this man is alive somewhere. I think that this was something that he may have been planning for a while. I think this was his way out of this life and to start a new life. A man who jumps from relationship to relationship, um, a man who is like a chameleon and can mold to whoever he's around, doesn't that seem like someone who would want, who would get tired of their life? Even if they have two separate ones going on at the same time, maybe he was tired of both of them. Maybe he was tired of being the, fa- the husband to Cheryl, and maybe he was tired of being a husband and father to Nadia and Peyton. Maybe he was just done with all that. And maybe... That's where he'd been putting all this money. Maybe that's why he drove a modest Ford Focus and lived in modest houses when he was bringing home over ten grand a month as a pilot. You don't think someone with this type of resources could have, could have put their money aside and been saving for uh, basically an escape, right? Basically, um, basically a new life. If you have enough money... You can you can do whatever you want. You can get out of here. You can travel. You can you can get a new ID, a new identity ent- entirely, and be gone. And I think that this man, through his connections and how little we know about him, and also the money that he made, and what he was willing to do, it just doesn't make sense. Because if the man was willing to take his own life for this situation, why not just take your own life from the beginning? And I know we've we've dealt with selfish people here and there, but I honestly think that you don't kill three people, including a teenager, a young teenager who you have been a father figure to for years, without having some sort of plan after that. I do think this man is alive. I do think he's out there. Do I think he's surviving? Um, out in the in the national park, uh, no, I do not. The Bridger Teton National Forest, no, I don't think he's out there. I don't think he's in the Bridger Teton National Forest. Okay, I think that was all a ploy, just like the places that he went before he left town 
and got on camera on purpose. I think all of this was to mislead us. All of it. Even the car parked at the forest. I really do. I think that is the most discouraging thing about this whole case. You're talking about tens of thousands of acres on the Bridger Teton National Forest. And if that's where you leave the last piece of evidence to this case, that is where law enforcement is going to have to check. Now, how many men and how many man hours are they going to use to search this dangerous forest? Bear ridden, wolves, who knows what the hell else is out there. And I mean, you're basically talking about an Alaskan, almost an Alaskan wildlife type forest, the Bridger Teton. Is that something that you want your officers in day in and day out, just searching in a larger and larger diameter? I just, I think it was discouraging right off the bat, and I think it was made to be that way. And in a small town, they just don't have that type of resources. I think the man parked his car there, and he dipped out and went who knows where, right? So that's my opinion um, on this dirtbag. I just, I can't, this case, um, it just breaks my heart in so many ways. It breaks my heart for Cheryl. Um, it breaks my heart for Nadia and it really breaks my heart for Peyton because you watch the home videos that they have put up. There's a, the, the clip that you heard at the very beginning was Mike teaching Peyton how to shoot. Okay. And it's it, at first glance, the video seems heartwarming. It seems loving. Um, but now it just seems creepy knowing what happened, knowing how the whole story ended up knowing that they were all killed execution style by gunshot wounds to the head it just makes it that much that much creepier and that's not the only home video there are, there is of uh, Mike and Peyton Peyton actually had um a TikTok channel i believe or maybe or this was before it was TikTok so i'm guessing it was musically at that time if you don't know when TikTok first came out it was musically i know it's making headlines now um regardless of what you think about it whatever Kids love it. Um, and she had a TikTok channel where she made short videos and clips and things like that. And she had clips on there uh, with Gerald, Gerald Mike. I know sometimes I've called him Gerald, sometimes I've called him Mike, but his, he, I guess he went by Mike, but his real name was Gerald. Um, so that just breaks my heart to see how much she looked up to him, how much she loved him. She called him dad. I mean, they were beyond that awkward stage of this is the new man who's taking place of your dad. No, it, it, they were beyond that. He was her dad at this point. So that's my spiel, guys. That's my, uh, that's my take on this case and what's going and what I think happened. Um, so now that we have that, you have the facts, you have the basics, you've heard from the sheriff. Let's hear from one more person. Let's hear from Lauren on this week's Lauren Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. 
What's up, people? Lauren here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. Sorry for missing last week's synopsis. Happy to be back talking about the murders of Cheryl Baker, Nadia Medley, and 14-year-old Peyton Medley. Very tragic. They were found uh, murdered in a shed on Mike Bollinger, who I believe perpetrated this crime, on his farm in Idaho. Um, They weren't found for two weeks. They were decomposing. Um, He was nowhere to be found. This guy was a true sociopath. When you look into his past, his first wife that he was married to for 10 years from 78 to 88 talked a lot about how as soon as they got married, you know, he was this perfect church going man. I think he really got off on uh, meeting women and being the perfect man to them. I think he, he loved that whole concept. And even if it meant being whatever they wanted him to be, not being, who knows who he really was. I don't know if he even knew who he really was. He was just uh, had to be perfect in their eyes. And all the while, he was nothing like what they thought he was. He was off cheating with other women. Like, for instance, his first wife, Cher, uh, his first my wife was named Jackie. You know, they met at, at the Church of Latter-day Saints and they were married for 10 years. But uh, as soon as they got married, as soon as they got hitched, he changed and he was abusive. They had two kids together. He abused the children as well, allegedly. And um, he was cheating on her. Um, and then with his second wife, there there wasn't much information about that. But that ended. And then he had a third wife named Cheryl Baker, who he ends up, in my opinion, murdering. Um, And they were together for 10 years. And as long as he could maintain that perfect image um, to to the women he was with, I think it went well. But as soon as that was broken, things got ugly, you know. And I think he was able to maintain that with Cheryl. And she, she loved him and thought he was who he was pretending to be, just like Nadia Medley, who he met. Um, about eight years into his marriage with Cheryl, he met Nadia and was with her for the last two years of his marriage with Cheryl. So he's got this kind of love triangle thing going on. They have no idea. Cheryl has no idea of Nadia's existence. Nadia has no idea of Cheryl's existence. And he's also playing father figure to, to Nadia's, um, daughter, Peyton, who's 14 years old. And he's the perfect stepdad figure to her he's the perfect man and like each person like nadia was an atheist you know and so he goes from this this church going man with his first wife to now he's an atheist with nadia um and so like yeah so cheryl's uh, a school teacher his wife and she's about to retire in utah um and nadia has her own place i believe in utah as well and he's living on this farm in idaho nadia is really wanting him to come uh, to invite her to live on the farm with him. She wants to live together. She can't afford her place in Utah anymore. And he keeps putting it off. He puts it off as long as he can. And when he finally decides to say, yes, you can move on my farm, you and your daughter can move on to my farm with me. I think it's at that point that he had decided that he was he would rather be with her and be a father to Peyton than be with Cheryl anymore. And I think that's when he decided he was going to kill Cheryl. And I think that was his plan in my opinion, was to live live for who knows how long he could be happy. He was always needing more. He he was not able to control his primal urges. He was very, like I said, sociopathic and um, didn't care about hurting other people as long as he got what he wanted, but he also did care about how they thought of him. So I think he wanted uh, to live with Nadia and Peyton on the ranch, and that meant killing Cheryl, who was about to retire and move to the ranch with him. And so I think that was the plan. But Cheryl disrupted that plan by coming to the farm early um, and showing up. And I think she showed up and she saw this other woman uh, living at the ranch with him. And I think that's when the image that um, Nadia had and Peyton had of him was shattered. And I think in that moment, he was like, everything's done. 
I can't be the perfect man anymore to these women because they now know I'm a scumbag. And I think he just decided to kill all three of them. And then uh, at that point, I think he just, you know, the way he is, I think he just goes, okay, well, I can move to a new place and then I can be fake and someone else will believe this new personality that I'll create. I'll become whatever this new woman I meet wants, you know, and then I think that's just how he lives his life. And I do think he's out there. I know his his, uh, car was found in July of 2017, about a month after the, uh, somewhere around a month after the bodies were found. Um, in a campground in Wyoming. And there's a lot of speculation that he died out in the woods and a bear got him or something like that, or he killed himself out there. I don't buy it. I think he thinks too highly of himself and, and lives moment to moment, whatever feels good in the moment type of thing to, to do something like that. And he doesn't care. Uh, he doesn't care what other, what others think about him unless it's a perfect, it, it's gotta be perfect. If it's not perfect, once it's not perfect anymore, he, he's got rid of them. So, you know, and once they're rid of, he can go on and be perfect for someone else until that, uh, that whole image is broken again. Um, we've seen people like this before, um, serial killers and whatnot on True Crime Guys. Um, and I think he, he fits that mold. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I think happened. I think Cheryl came in and disrupted things by showing up early to the farm. And I, I think he was planning only to kill her. But then once, uh, the, you know, the gig was up and Cheryl showed up and ruined things for him and Nadia and uh, being a father figure to Peyton, I think he would rather kill them than have them view him in, in a, a less than perfect manner. Um, that's how big his ego is. So yeah, hopefully they find the bastard um, before he dies. Cause he's getting up there. He's pretty old. Hopefully they find him and he can be brought to justice. Cause I do believe he killed these three women. Well, these two women and this, this young girl It's very tragic. Um, Because they really idolized him and they really believed that he was a great man, but really it was just an act all along, you know, it's really sad. Excellent synopsis, Lauren. And once again, I think we are pretty close to being on the same page. Um, The only issue I have with the whole plan of I'm going to have this new property, I'm going to have my new wife or my new girlfriend and her daughter move in and then get rid of the wife later. The only problem I have with that is the fact that Cheryl's name was also on the deed. Right? So how long can you how long can you play that? I guess it would buy you quite a bit of time. Let's say for instance, Cheryl doesn't come down early and um Nadia and Peyton are already living at the house. They're living there with Gerald. And then Gerald goes maybe back to Ogden, Utah, kills Cheryl, disposes of her in whatever way he can. And then now he's living in a new place with his wife, who anyone legally, I guess, would just assume that that is Cheryl. And Nadia is not going to have any clue right, that Cheryl even existed, until maybe they go to sell the house, and then what, right? Then it could get kind of, could get kind of fishy, but I'm sure Mike thought, I mean, he was, he was over 60 years old when they got the place. He probably thought, well, before I do anything with this deed or legally with this house again, I'll be dead, right? But like Lauren said, Cheryl showing up early, it fucked up everything, and not only did it fuck up his relationship with Cheryl, it also messed up his relationship with Nadia and Peyton, people who thought he was the perfect man, the, the, the perfect father, the perfect husband um, to continue their lives with. 
So that's the story of uh, Mike Bollinger, Gerald Mike Bollinger, rather. Um, and like you heard it from Lauren as well, we are totally not buying it that Bollinger is dead. Um, and maybe he is, maybe he is now, I don't know, but that, that really wasn't that long ago. This took place in 2017. He was 60 years old. So he's 63, 64 years old. Not buying that that he's dead. I just really don't think so. And I also don't think a 60-year-old man is going to go try and live in the in the wild alone. I don't care what kind of survival skills you know or what what you've been taught. I think this man had a plan B or plan C, if you will, this whole time. And he needs to be brought to justice. That is a big point, a big reason why I decided to do this case, like most of mine is you know, it just seems as though they've died out or they've been forgotten about in a way. Um, and that's why I wanted to bring some light to this case. So, guys, that is the case of Mike Bollinger. Um, if you have any questions, any concerns, uh, any recommendations for the show, you guys can hit us up on social media at Sandu Podcast um, anywhere. S and U Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, and Strange and Unexplained on Facebook. You guys can hit us up there, and, or you can just send an email at sandupodcast at gmail.com. It's uh, spelt like Sandu, S-A-N-D-U podcast. So I want to thank everyone who listens and supports this show in any way that you possibly can. Um, the number one way being patreon.com. Patreon.com slash podcast. Um, you make a monthly donation, a small monthly donation of $3 is the minimum, and you get access to early releases of shows. Instead of waiting till Monday, you get them on Thursday, as well as two other shows that I do on that Patreon page, which are Strange Shorts and also the Palette Cleanser podcast. Both of these podcasts are a little more laid back, uh, a lot more speculation. Uh, Strange Shorts, just to give you a... Uh, I guess a short synopsis of that is basically just cases that I found that there's not really enough there to do a whole episode, or maybe there is, but I want to kind of touch on it, or maybe it's just something that I've expressed a little bit of interest in. Um, Like, for instance, the last episode of Strange Shorts, I talked about Jesse James and whether or not he actually died um, in the late 1800s in his house, shot by one of his own team uh, while hanging a photo, or if it was all a ruse and he lived to be over 100 years old. Uh, there is a lot of great points in both of those corners. So if you want to check out that strange shorts on Jesse James, um, that would be awesome. And I've, But I was, what I was getting to is I was thinking about doing a full episode on the life of Jesse James and what may have happened to him because I still consider that unsolved. Um, so yes, patreon.com slash s and u podcast guys you can find all of that content and i'm always adding new things uh to the patreon and i will be as the show progresses and grows okay another way to help the show is to leave a review uh you can leave a review on itunes uh stitcher uh wherever you listen you can mostly leave a review i'm not sure about spotify spotify really needs to get a review thing going because they are quickly growing into one of the biggest podcast listening platforms out there but that's neither here nor there. I want to thank a few new reviewers. Uh, let's start with Drock35. Left a five-star review. Said, outstanding. Thank you very much, Drock. 
uh, 23DJ left a five-star review, said, awesome, fire emoji. And Becca, 1081, left three fire emojis, says, love this podcast. Thank you guys so much. That really helps the show. It helps other listeners kind of get an idea of what they're in for. Um, and it just helps spread the word. Uh, tell your friends, guys. Tell your friends. Subscribe. Download. Um, all that helps grow the show as well. Obviously, social media posts. And I try to, if you share anything about Sandu or True Crime Guys, which this is under the True Crime Guys umbrella, uh, if you share any of those types of things on social media, we try to promote your post as well on our Instagram stories. So, yeah, that's the story. Mike Bollinger. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I will see you next week with a brand new Strange and Unexplained. So remember, be strange. Just don't be a stranger. Stranger.